It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good here at Nation and welcome to Locked On Saints, your team every day brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Ross Jackson here, your host covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, like nobody else does it every single Monday through Friday. Lead analyst over at allsaintsconsidered.com. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson ASC. And as always, I want to start off every episode with a big welcome to our first time listeners, as well as to all of those of you who have been supporting me from the jump. Who that family and welcome back to today's episode of Locked On Saints. I want to start off today's show by saying happy birthday, mama. It's my mama's birthday today so a special shout out to her because without her there would probably be a locked on saints but potentially could be hosted by chris sims because who knows how all this would have turned out so take a bow mom because uh, you rescued us from a hell of a tragedy there uh, on today's episode we're going to be taking questions from the locked on saints facebook group as we always do for our thursday episodes so today we'll talk about whether or not drew Brees would be willing to take a pay cut to return next season the effect of the nfc championship game on competitive football outside of the nfl marshall Lattimore's tough week one matchup and more from the Locked on Saints Facebook group, which you can join by hitting up facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. And we got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. And before we jump into our first question, want to give a shout out to one of our newest sponsors over here at the Locked on Podcast Network, Postmates. Postmates is your food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round for a limited time. Postmates is giving Locked on listeners $100 in free delivery credit for the first seven days. Make sure you download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to cash in on that $100 of free delivery. That is a lot. That's a lot of food you can get delivered for absolutely nothing. All right, so we are going to start off with our first question here. This one comes in from Brandon Simmons. He says, if Breeze decides to play another year, do you think he would take a heavy discount seeing as he's already got a bunch of money on the books? Yeah, so this is a big question. So you heard uh, John Sigler and I on Tuesday's episode talking a little bit about the scenario to where, you know, Drew Brees comes back in 2020. They figure out how they have to pay him, and the Saints also have to pay to keep these stars around him as well. So it kind of comes down to what it is that Brees demands, because Brees is already going to have around $15 million for 2020 on the books and then another $5 million for 2021. So if the Saints were to try to work out a contract with him for next season, they'd owe him a little bit over $15 million already, plus whatever his contract was on top of that. Now, now the thing to understand is that that's not $15 million that Drew Brees is getting in new money in 2020. That's $15 million that Drew Brees has actually already been paid, but that the Saints still owe in terms of their salary cap because of all the extensions and ghost years and things like that. So that's not new money. So they can't just say, oh, well, we're just going to pay you the $15 million in new money, and that's part of your contract, and we'll give you an additional $5 million. There you go. You're a $20 million quarterback all of a sudden. Like, it doesn't work that way. They'd have to actually stack some new contract on top of that $15 million. So it would really be on your breeze to say, hey, I want to make sure we keep all these weapons around us, Alvin Kamara. We're entering at that point 
the fifth year option conversations with you know, Ryan Ramchek and Marshawn Lattimore, which are definitely going to be taken. And so, you know, moving into the 2021 year. And so there's a lot of, lot of money that's going to be moving around over the next couple of years. And so it would really be up to Drew Brees to say, I don't need that much. I, I want to get paid because I deserve to get paid, but you know I know that you need to re-sign this guy after this season, and these guys go into fifth-year options. We want to keep this guy around, and oh, and you also are going to be paying a second quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater because you want to also keep him around for when I do actually decide to retire. So it'd really be up to him to say, yeah, I'll take 12 to 14 or you know 16, 17, whatever it is that's going to help the Saints keep some money around so they can be prepared for when Drew Brees actually does leave to still have all of their pieces in place. So it would really be up to him to say yes I'm willing to do that but I don't know if he will be it's tough to say I mean is is the fact that Cam Jordan was willing to take a little bit less money to stay in New Orleans something that would influence Drew Brees' decision Drew Brees is a little bit more set in his career over the length of it and the money that he's made and everything like that that maybe he could do that but He's also got kids and he's got a family. You know, he's got a lot to be concerned about too. And so it kind of depends on what it is that he would be willing to do. But I could definitely see it happening. It's just hard to say at this moment whether or not it would. Um, next question here comes from Michael Murray who asks, will defenses not respect Murray as in Latavius Murray? It's funny. Murray asked a question about Murray. Uh, as much as they did uh, Mark Ingram. And will this result in Alvin Kamara having less production as defenses focus solely on him? Okay, so let me answer the first part of the question. I think you're right. I think that defenses won't respect when Latavius Murray is on the field as much as they respected Mark Ingram for the first portion of the season. But I think that Latavius Murray is going to be a pleasant surprise. I've said this over and over again for the New Orleans Saints and for Saints fans and an unpleasant surprise for defenses that have to take him on in this system. I think he's going to be really, really good in this system. I'm not saying he's going to be Mark Mark Ingram in this system, but I do believe that he will be very good in this system as a tandem back or a lesser tandem role than Mark Ingram had with Alvin Kamara. Now, as for Alvin Kamara, remember that defenses focused on him solely in the first four games of the 2018 season when Mark Ingram was out with suspension, and he didn't do all that bad. Over those four games, he totaled 275 rushing yards on the ground. That's over 65 yards per game. He also added 336 yards receiving, which is almost 100 yards per game, 70 yards short of hitting that average. 9.6 yards per reception, 4.91 yards per attempt on the ground, five rushing touchdowns, and one receiving touchdown, totaling six total touchdowns in those four games. So even with defenses focusing on him, Alvin Kamara is going to do what Alvin Kamara is going to do. It's not going to matter whether or not it's Latavius Murray that's splitting some time with him or Mark Ingram. Alvin Kamara's game is specific and unique, and he's going to make he's going to make it do what it do. Like he's going to be fine. The one thing that will happen is that because he's going to get more touches, because he's going to have more of a focus in the offense, you're going to see his averages drop. So he's had impressive averages over his first few years and things like that. And so you might see those like average numbers drop because he's touching the ball more and he's playing in more games and he's, you know, he's getting more carries, things like that. So in 2000, and you kind of already saw this in 2017, he averaged 6.1 yards per rush on the ground. That he was with 120 rushes in that season. In 2018, he had 194 rushes, so his average dropped to 4.6 yards per carry. Same thing with receptions, but not by much. 10.2 in 2017, where he had 81 receptions. He also had 81 receptions in 2018, and his average dropped to 8.8, and that just came with greater focus on him as a ball player. So you're going to see those averages maybe fall, but in terms of his production on the field and helping the offense move, you can focus on him as a defense all you want. He's going to make it do what it do. And then our last question before our first break here, Dustin. Oh, excuse me if I, if I mess up your last name, man, but I believe it's Daigle, D-A-I-G. 
G-L-E is the homie's last name. Uh, with Mark Ingram moving on, we obviously lose some great locker room presence. Who steps in to fill the void in the locker room? All right, so I have I have a, a really weird answer to this, but I'll start off with a little bit more of a traditional answer. So for me, I think that this is going to see, you're going to see a boost in that locker room further from Alvin Kamara, who's probably going to be, it looks like he and Teddy Bridgewater are really, really getting along. I would also throw Jared Cook in there. I'd see, I'm, I'm cap- I can really see Craig Robertson being capable of stepping up to a larger culture role, even though he's already there. And the other person that I would probably shout out here is that Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan's not going to let any locker room culture deterioration ever take place. So those are the guys that I'm really looking forward to there. I'd love to see some of the newcomers also step into the, that role. So you saw Mario Edwards Jr., just how ecstatic he is to be a part of the New Orleans culture. He's somebody I would keep an eye on. And then Alizé Mack as well, who probably still hasn't even taken off his Saints draft cap since draft day. So you have a lot of people that are excited about being a part of this community and a part of this team. You saw what Malcolm Brown had to say about joining and being in New Orleans. So you're going to see a lot of those people. But the other thing that I want to say, and I'll keep this short, is that the Pelicans are going to be a big part of this. And I know locker room presence we're talking specifically about within the team, but I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the culture that the Pelicans and Saints will create over the next couple of years is going to help make the culture for each of the individual teams stronger as well. So that's something else that I'm really excited about seeing. A lot of Pelicans players visiting Saints games, a lot of Saints players visiting Pelicans games, and a lot of sort of um, of interaction between the two clubs. And I think that that culture is going to be something that's going to turn into something very, very special in the city of New Orleans. All right, so that's going to do it for this first group of questions. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, I got just a couple more for our second segment, and then we'll wrap up the show by taking a look at some of the big, first big news. We finally got some news out of training camp. Now that the rookies have reported today, we got that coming up for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. All right, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence you need in bed at BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pills, so you can always be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this is not just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants some extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships directly to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy, and we got them even cheaper for you right here with a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment for free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, Want to try it for free? Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Welcome back, Hooded Nation, to Locked On Saints, your team every day. If this is your first time catching the show, thank you very much for being here, and I hope that you will subscribe so you can stay with us every Monday through Friday, especially now that rookies have reported to training camp. We got our first big news out of those rookie training camp days, our first rookie training camp day, and I'll talk about that in our next segment. But real quick, I got a couple more questions from the Locked On Saints listener group. Let's start off with Michael Murray's next question here. He asks, was the season-ending no-call a catalyst for all of the those new pro football uh, leagues to decide that it was the right time to throw their hat into the ring, trying to capture new fans that are tired of bad calls and questionable wins, XFL, Freedom Football League, etc. So I think this is absolutely a big factor in the timing for all of these. The XFL was kind of already creeping up. Freedom Football League was already kind of creeping up. But really, when it came to that no call, there was something there for them to be able to jump on. Before that, it was kind of, especially for the XFL, it was about, you know, anthem protests. And it was about the changes to the late hit rules or the hits on the quarterback rules that changed earlier in the season that made people feel like you weren't really allowed to play football anymore. You can't hit the quarterback, yada, yada, yada. But then the officiating thing happened in the NFL. Championship game, and they jumped on that. And you also saw the AAF. Is that what it was called? I can't even remember what it was called anymore. It was. It wasn't that long ago. But the AAF, I believe, uh, they came through with the Sky Judge, and they found a way to improve upon it and avoid that kind of penalty, making it reviewable without halting the game. And they found a way to do that, and so that also helped, you know, sort of stir the pot and in, in their favor a little bit to where you know it brought people to the league because they didn't have to worry about those kinds of calls and everything. And so I think that you know those things. Were were already sort of rumbling up and they were already started sort sort of starting the bubble is what I'm trying to get out of my mouth there but really when it came to that NFC championship game it just kind of gave another boost for the profile in terms of this is a new league where we're going to be able to improve upon what the NFL has done and avoid those things and of course the AAF went under immediately the XFL won't last more than two years and honestly I haven't even heard anything about the Freedom Football League so we'll see exactly what happens in terms of the success of the Freedom Football League and the XFL and whether or not they're able to prolong their time unlike the AAF was able to, but definitely did help them sort of know, okay, this is the time for us to jump in. All right, John Hughes here comes with the next question. Can Lattimore shut down Hopkins to get revenge, to get his revenge tour started off right? How bad is this molly whopping going to be week one? So let me tell you, let me say this. I think that the success of the Saints in week one hinders upon the pass rush because again, we talked just yesterday about how awful that Houston Texans offensive line was last year. They haven't done a ton to address it this offseason in terms of adding pieces, but they might have, you know, they might be doing things like scheming and training and things like that that might help the unit that they already have, but more than likely, they're going to be pretty terrible. So it's really all going to sort of hinder on the success of the pass rush. If the pass rush is able to keep Deshaun Watson contained and put enough pressure on him to where he's having to make bad decisions, Lattimore is going to have a very easy, not an easy game because he's still got to deal with DeAndre Hopkins, but he's going to have an easier game ahead of him. But if the pass rush can't get to Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson is given all of the time that he needs to to create and then give DeAndre Hopkins time to start running free routes. You know, once you sort of break away from the structured play and then if they extend the play and they're all just kind of going into a scramble drill, that's where Marshawn Lattimore is going to have some trouble because it's tough. It's tough for any cornerback to be able to really keep up during a scramble drill because your receiver is just going to run wherever they really want to. And they've all got, you know, breakdown plans and things like that about what to do when a play does break down. And so that's going to be tough. But if the pass rush is able to really contain Watson and then able to put some pressure on him and get the ball out quick enough or keep him from throwing the ball at all, you know, covered sacks, things like that, then you'll be 
be able to see Marshawn Lattimore sort of put together the great start to his third season. I think the idea of him having a revenge tour at this point in his third season has to do with how much he struggled at the beginning of last season, but now he's actually got a competent cornerback over on the opposite side of him and Eli Apple. He's got a good book in there, and so I think that's going to help as well. Their chemistry, as well as his chemistry with Von Bell and Marcus Williams, is going to be a lot better coming into the season as well. And so I think that all together, that secondary unit, has a good opportunity to really start off strong because they're not going to be relearning each other like they have been since for however long it's been since we've had returned the same secondary like Cam Jordan was talking about over on the Rich Eisen show. You know, they're finally able to be the same unit coming in for a second year straight. You kind of could have said that last year, but then, you know, Ken Crawley wasn't actually what we thought Ken Crawley was and everything. And then so that kind of messed all that up. But now you've, you've got four proven assets in the secondary that are returning for their second year with one another. The chemistry's there, the communication's there, and that should allow them to come into a position to where they actually get to start off strong in 2019. All right, y'all, we're going to jump to our final break here. And when we come back, we're going to jump into our first news of Saints training camp. It's finally here, y'all. It's finally here, and it's only going to get better from here on out. So again, if you are a new listener, if this is your first time catching an episode, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform that you're using, including the Himalaya podcast app, and make sure that you stick with us all throughout the offseason here as we inch closer and closer to preseason, regular season, and the real action right around the corner in September. Uh, We're going to jump to our final break here. When we come back, I got that news for you right here on Locked on Saints, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back, family, to Locked on Saints, your team every day. We finally got our first big news coming out of training camp now that rookies have reported for their first day here on the 18th. And this is coming from new but familiar face over at The Advocate, Herbie Teope. And what he tweeted out a moment ago was, The Saints made two roster moves today with with rookies reporting early for training camp. Defensive end Carl Granderson, who is currently serving a six-month jail sentence in Wyoming, designated reserve did not report. And wide receiver Emmanuel Butler declared no non-football injury. So that now removes the, uh, Carl Granderson from the roster, but puts him on a reserve role for this year. So he's technically on the team, quote unquote, but he's not going to be able to play this season because he's designated at this point reserve, did not report. No surprise there. And then wide receiver Emmanuel Butler is a, uh, is a bit of a surprise here, non-football injury. So there's very likely, I mean, there's an opportunity there to open up two roster spots for the Saints ahead of veterans reporting for training camp. So they could bring in another undrafted, some other undrafted people from that pool that haven't yet found their way to a team or one of those free agents that's out there. So I mentioned Nick Perry is one of my favorite pass rushers that's out there right now on the free agent market. Michael Johnson as well. Those guys now potentially do have the opportunity to find themselves in New Orleans and New Orleans really is going to need to do what they can to find another good adequate pass rushing presence ahead of training camp because right now the only three people that they have as edge rushers with NFL experience are Cam Jordan who's excellent don't get me wrong um, Marcus Davenport who's only got one year of experience under him and is still developing and then Wes Horton who's not really been more than adequate throughout his time or let me say serviceable throughout his time so far so he's got to show a lot in training camp in order to really prove that he's somebody that's there and available to be that person that rotates with Marcus Davenport I think he's good 
and he's been serviceable in his time. It's just that right now he's going to have to prove that throughout training camp. So the Saints could look to bring somebody else in to sort of challenge for that and really, really make sure that they're boosting that pass rush as much as possible ahead of week one. Remember, during week one, they're going to be out Sheldon Rankins. They're going to be missing Sheldon Rankins for at least six weeks, more than likely six to eight weeks, very likely eight weeks. And then uh, they don't have David Onyemata week one. So they need the whatever pass rush it is that they can fortify. They need to do that. So now they have the roster space available to do it. Uh, Emmanuel Butler won't be serving on the team at this point. He's basically looking at the same type of uh, it doesn't he what, what Herbie Teope did not say, however, is whether or not he is active NFI or if he's reserve NFI. More than likely he's reserved non-football injury, which would put him in the same boat as Chase Hansen, the other undrafted free agent out of uh Utah, the linebacker, who didn't really get to practice at all throughout rookie minis or anything like that. And so he ended up on the reserve non-football injury list. So it essentially statches him away for a year. And then the Saints could potentially bring him back next season. This might mean the same thing for Emmanuel Butler, but we'll see exactly what it is that happens with him. But that could also open up another either member of competition for the wide receiver group or elsewhere on the roster. I think more than likely it's probably going to be elsewhere on the roster uh, because there's not really any wide receivers out there that I would see the Saints really going after to try to put them in. I think Rashard Matthews was a great selection. He's somebody that brings brings that versatility inside, outside, wherever it is that you need from him. And Emmanuel Butler kind of represented that same thing, but without the NFL experience. So I think Rashard Matthews is a little bit more of a fit with the other three guys that we already know that are pretty much locks. And then potentially, whether it be Keith Kirkwood or Cameron Meredith, whoever it is that ends up manning the slot for the season as well, very likely Keith Kirkwood in my mind. So we'll see exactly who it is that the Saints bring in to fill these two spots ahead of training camp, but definitely some big news with the first day of rookies reporting. Oh, and I guess I should also add in my thoughts on how I feel about the Carl Granderson thing and the fact that he wasn't released and instead that he joined that did not report line or did not report list so that he would then potentially be eligible for next year, whatever. I mean, look, my whole thing is, as far as I'm concerned, I'm over it and I'm, I'm done with all of what he is and all of what that is. But if the Saints decide that they wanted to, for whatever reason, uh, try to invest back into that fire in the future, then that's entirely up to them and in no way my call. But that is as it is. And uh, it's news. It's all news. So we'll see exactly what it is that the Saints do with those upcoming spots. And I think Think right now that's the most important focus so all right y'all that's gonna do it for today's episode uh tomorrow i'm gonna wrap up the rest of the questions that i had from the locked on saints facebook group if you got a couple more that you want to add in and that you want to hear me talk about you can join the group at facebook.com slash group slash locked on saints you can also still have a night if you would like to you can call 504-229-4265 and then leave your thoughts on a voicemail or a question on a voicemail so you can hear yourself here on the podcast and i'll answer it on the show other than that we'll continue going through the 90-man roster all of that other stuff just like we have been tracking over the last couple of weeks and then of course i'll keep you up to date to everything that's going on as we inch closer and closer to vets reporting to minicamp so thank you so much everybody for coming through once again i am ross jackson you can find me on twitter at ross jackson asc hit me up let me know how the family's doing let me know how you're living let me know how your mom and them tell your friends family and fellow saints fans about the podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and of course go ahead and drop that five-star review i thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family this has been locked on saints and trust you that nation i'll holla at you Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.